With $20 worth of quarters in my pocket, I'm living in the Retro Arcade with your most excellent host, Joel McLaughlin. Hello and welcome to Living in the Retro Arcade. Yes, we have renamed the show. I was talking with uh, Rob Fott from Living in the 80s and we decided, I decided that a rename was appropriate because you know, the 80s, uh, I've covered it pretty well. Still going to cover it because there's still lots of stuff in the 80s that I really haven't talked about too much. However, the name change will let me talk about some pretty awesome stuff. Because let's face it, the 80s, while it is the golden age of video games to me, always will be, the 90s had some pretty cool stuff as well. That's where I'm going to go into today's topic of the Nintendo 64. Nintendo 64 was the third system developed by Nintendo after the Super NES. Nintendo started with the NES, which was known as the Famicom in Japan, and then uh, they developed the Super Nintendo as a sequel to that, or the Super Famicom, and then the Nintendo 64 was the third system. So this all started um, <coughs> Silicon Graphics which is a long-time leader in the graphics uh, computing and was experiencing expansion. And they kind of wanted to enter into consumer electronics at this point. Um, SGI, um, a lot of folks might remember them uh, from the movie uh, Jurassic Park. The uh, systems they used in that movie were Silicon Graphics systems. And that's who Nintendo ended up choosing uh, as a developer for some of the hardware for the Nintendo 64. We'll kind of go into a little bit of the detail on that and then we'll talk about some of the games. The 1980s were absolutely the best decade to grow up in. We love to reminisce about our favorite video games, music, movies, TV, fashion, and more. Let me tell you about the Living in the 80s podcast. This is the one place you can go and revisit this great decade and have great discussions about 80s pop culture. This is where we talk about Marty McFly, Swatch Watches, Centipede, Miami Vice, Duran Duran, and so much more. Be sure to check out the Living in the 80s podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and be sure to check out our Living in the 80s Facebook page. Next, I want to thank our hosting provider, Spotify for Podcasters. Spotify for Podcasters is a great free platform for you to start a podcast on. If you are not sure how to start a podcast, this is a great way to do this. Spotify for podcasters, you can record on your PC or you can even record the show on the phone and it's completely free. If you get enough listeners, you can actually start to make some money on this stuff. And I do want to thank them for being the provider for living in the retro arcade. Thank you so much, Spotify for podcasters. I appreciate your support. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the Nintendo 64. <clears throat> it does have its roots in SGI's hardware, the reality uh, coprocessor, and it really has a lot of technology built into it that um, is really unique to video games at the time. Nintendo always marketed it as the first 64-bit game system but in reality, it actually ran most of its games in 32-bit mode. So what were the games? Uh, probably the most important game 
for the Nintendo 64 was Super Mario 64. Super Mario 64 was the very first 3D graphics Mario game. It basically is a classic to this day. And if you go and buy a Nintendo 64 today, you know, use one, of course, because, you know, they don't make them new. But if you buy one, it is a must-have game. Other games uh, that I remember from that era were uh, Super Mario Kart 64. That was a wonderful uh, Mario Kart game. Probably one of the... Not, I, I kind of preferred the GameCube's uh, Mario Kart Double Dash, which is a great game. But Mario Kart was always a good game on any, pretty much any Nintendo system since it came out on the Super NES. Other games, uh, probably the one that a lot of folks in, that played the game system in the 90s was uh, 007 GoldenEye. GoldenEye was like a 3D shooter game. You played uh, uh, James Bond, of course, and was a really great game. So... Uh, but that there's so much more. I can literally do a whole show talking about the different Nintendo 64 games. But probably after I cover some of the hardware, I'm going to play a little bit of uh, some of the sounds from those games. Let's talk a little bit more about n not the technical aspects, but some of the other special things that you found with the Nintendo 64. First off is the controller. It was kind of an M-shaped controller. It had this thing in the middle, these two handles on the outside. Uh, it really looked like a strange controller, but if you've ever used the original Nintendo 64 controller, I found it quite comfortable. The uh, one thing that I will say, that I, Super Mario Party, I think it was, or or no, Super Smash, I forget. There was, there was a Mario Party game. Uh, that really would tear up your thumb so much to the point where they actually started uh, giving you a free giveaway of gloves so that you can play the the heck out of that game. It's one of the more popular games on the system. Um, I'll look that up uh, before the end of the show, and I'll make sure that I mention the true name. Uh, it's not one that I played, but uh, I have heard of it, and it was a pretty decent game for the time. Other things that you would find with uh, the Nintendo 64 hardware-wise was the system itself. Uh, it When it launched, it was kind of a blackish color, but they brought out lots of special variants of, of this system. There was a U.S. version and a Japan version of a Pikachu Nintendo 64. Uh, there was the transparent colors, uh, all the different colors uh, that... Um, they had, you know, transparent colors were very popular in the 90s. Uh, the Apple had the IMAX that had the, you know, first in the body blue color. Nintendo had very similar kinds of things <laughs> with the Nintendo 64. Uh, so it was a very hot thing in the 90s. They also had um, a memory. One of the, th the add-ons uh, was a memory module that uh, there was a slot right ahead of the um, cartridge slot that you put this memory upgrade in. And it was needed for certain games like Donkey Kong Country, I believe was one of the games that definitely needed this memory upgrade. Rogue Squadron, which I did have on the system, that one uh, I had to uh, have that memory adapter for. So if you buy a Nintendo 64, you definitely want to grab that accessory. 
there was uh, four controllers, ports on the front. Very few games truly took advantage of all four controllers. And let's face it, most 90s kids in, in, uh, at that time really couldn't afford more than two controllers. So um, uh, that's just like the, the non-technical kind of things about the hardware. Uh, other things with that, uh, there was another accessory that was a Japan-only accessory uh, called the DD64, the Disk Drive 64-only release in Japan. And they had these discs that you can go buy at various stores in Japan. I believe they even had a mach vending machine where you can stick the disc in the, into the vending machine and put a game on that disc so that you can go home and play it on your DD64. Again, Japan accessory only. They only worked on the Japanese version of the Nintendo 64 and the games all only were ever released in Japan. There was actually a great video on the Metal Jesus Rocks YouTube channel that he found a prototype of the DD64 for the United States region. Unfortunately, he never was able to get it to work with any games, but there is actually a whole uh, culture around the DD64 and the Japanese version, and they're still trying to make games for it to, the, to this day. And the same thing goes for some of the older systems, but definitely this one uh, had a lot of homebrew with it. Uh, not quite as much... In the United States, mostly because in the United States, it was more or less a cartridge affair. Uh, other accessories that you had must have, and this is kind of in a lot of 90s games, but Nintendo had it too. Uh, there was a memory card that you would plug into um, the controllers where the, the Nintendo put that. And then you can put your save games on that little memory card. Kind of one of the personal little story of the N Nintendo 64 was... Back when I got married 26 years ago, this coming uh, June 21st, this was a, a present that my wife and I gave to our, each other uh, for our wedding present to each other. Uh, and uh, 25 years later, which would have been last June, we bought uh, Nintendo Switches for each other. <laughs> so I have a Switch and she has her own Switch, which my son kind of monopolizes a little bit, but... Any 90s kid, and even 90s adults, uh, really loved playing the Nintendo 64. It was just a really great system. To me, it was one of the, you know, the Wii wasn't as popular as the Nintendo 64, or the GameCube uh, also wasn't as popular as the Nintendo 64. They were both good systems, but, you know, the Nintendo 64 is probably one of the last, other than the handhelds, it's probably one of the last great uh, systems that Nintendo had until they brought the Switch out. Uh, Nintendo had a problem going through uh, the latter 90s and some of the 2000s where their hardware just weren't wasn't as powerful as the uh, Sony PlayStation and the Microsoft Xbox and the Xbox 360, so on and so forth. The Switch is really kind of in that area right now as well. But it doesn't really matter because it, it, it Switch uh, has a lot of great games for it. Uh, I ought to do a show on the Switch. The Switch happens to be one of my favorite systems to play retro games just because it's just so much fun. So let's go ahead and listen to some sounds from the games. 
because uh, I think one of the big, other than 3D, one of the other great things with the Nintendo 64 was the sound and music from the game. So let's go ahead and take a listen to some of that. Dear Mario, please come to the castle. I have baked a cake for you. Yours truly, Princess Toadstool. Peach. And that one was from Super Mario 64, probably one of the, the best games on the system. Now, let's listen to a little bit of GoldenEye. That one was from GoldenEye. Uh, GoldenEye was a really great game. A lot of folks really liked the game. I didn't play it too much, but you know, the one thing I did notice is they nailed the music. That's definitely uh, James Bond. So a little earlier, I mentioned this game, and I wanted to make sure I got the name right. Mario Party started on the Nintendo 64. Mario Party won. And let's take a listen to some of its uh, music from the beginning of the game. Mario Party was a one of the first kind of party games. You know, it was probably one of the best games on the system that used all four controllers. Uh, there was a lot, and that's kind of was a really cool thing uh, with the system that when you did have all those controllers, when you had games like um, like uh, Mario Kart, Mario Party, it could split the screen into four different quadrants. And you can play the game uh, against each other, all using one TV. Because back in that day, yeah, the internet and uh, 
in networks was just becoming coming to be. They did actually have, I believe they had a modem accessory for the Nintendo 64. Not very many people had it. Uh, they did have um, in the GameCube, which came after the Nintendo 64, it had a Ethernet port on it so that you can plug it in and play games uh, against your friends on the Internet. So, it, you know, the Nintendo always played, made really solid systems. Uh, that's all, one great thing about Nintendo and the Nintendo 64 is, is no different, is that they designed these things for kids to play them. And they definitely uh, lasted a lot longer um, hardware-wise than some other systems. So Nintendo 64 was a great system from the 90s. One of the uh, systems I did own, and I wish I still owned <laughs> But uh, you know, if you haven't played games from on the Nintendo 64, my suggestion is you go uh, pick one up and uh, pick up uh, Super Mario, Mario Party, and Goldeneye. Those are the three games I would definitely pick up for the system. So, all right, well that has been the first of the renamed show, Living in the Retro Arcade. This show will continue to be all over the place. Uh, we're going to definitely get back to the 80s, of course, but we're probably going to do some 90s stuff. I think next week this the, the episode is going to be the 90s arcade scene, which there was a scene uh, in the 90s. It may not have been as interesting as, as the 80s, but there definitely was an arcade scene. So I'll do a little research and uh, also share my memories of playing video games in the arcade when I was in college. Uh, I graduated uh, from DeVry Institute of Technology, now DeVry University, in 1992. And uh, that was uh, just a great time in my life. And I do remember playing lots of games at the arcade in the 90s. So if you have 90s arcade memories, please feel free to email them to me. Gorkin, G-O-R-K-O-N, at gmail.com. And I will be happy to play your recording on the air. If you want to just be on the show and talk about your arcade memories of the 90s, let me know. Same email address. Uh, the only uh, thing is, is we'll have to do it on Zoom. I got the free version of Zoom, and we can uh, do a recording on that. Um or you can, if you're local, you can come to the house, uh, depending on uh, uh, the day uh, next week. Uh, if you don't, the recording might be easier for next week. But if you do want to be on the show at any time, let me know. Uh, Gorkin, G-O-R-K-O-N at gmail.com. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Living in the Retro Arcade. And keep playing those games, man. Have fun, and God bless.